With the inception and traction that blockchain and crypto has gathered, the world is possibly on the verge of the largest evolution since the mainstream of the internet. Given the fluidity and dynamic nature of this technology, business leaders, enthusiasts, and veterans all need to band together to navigate the current and upcoming storms. Participants in Web 3.0 want a trusted resource that gives them pertinent information about projects, tokens, technology, and businesses. We are business people talking the business of crypto. We are Y Whales. Uh, as always, uh, you, you guys are going to be watching a podcast. Uh, this is not financial advice. Uh, Web3 is new emerging technologies. NFTs are uh, also new emerging technologies. Please do your research. Please understand uh, that values of things may change. Everything you're about to hear is an interview. Uh, nothing more. Uh, do your own taxes. Do your own research uh, and enjoy the interview. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Y Whales, wherever you are. Uh, we have a really cool uh, guest today, a couple of guests today uh, from MuseWorks. And so really, without much further ado, this is a brand new project uh, yet to launch. And really, we're getting kind of a first look at, at a rollout in a, in a scene that is traditionally has some of the best content on the planet that has yet to really been brought to NFTs or really to the blockchain ecosystem at all. Um, so Ron and, and Sue, thank you guys so much for taking the time today and hanging out with us. But before we get into, you know, your current project, how did you even get to this point? Like what talk, let's talk about your history and I'll, I'll start with you, Ron. Oh, geez. Thanks, Jay. Uh, first of all, thanks so much for having us here. It's a real pleasure. So I'm Ron Gerges. I'm the president and co-founder of MuseWorks Labs. Um, my background is actually kind of funny. I, I've spent my career building companies and brands. I actually opened my first company when I was 15 years old and was an entrepreneur, took myself, paid my way through college doing that. And for about the past 25, 30 years, I've done that for other companies. I was in big agency and communications and marketing, building brands, building reputation, building communities. And my last role, I was the North American CEO of the fifth largest marketing firm and comms firm in the world. I left about three years ago and started my own consultancy again, got back to my entrepreneurial roots. And about, gosh, Sue, what do you think it is? Uh, four or five months ago, uh, Sue and I met through a, a dear mutual friend of ours, a Broadway actor, uh, so that's what we're gonna be talking about today, and got talking about blockchain and tokenization and the opportunity for that in nonprofits and charities like Broadway Cares, Actors Equity Fights AIDS, and realized, gosh, there's an opportunity here to fundamentally transform the relationship between fan and theater and transform the economics of live theater. And we've been at it ever since. It's been a, it's been a mad race. But that's my background. Sue? Fabulous. Sue? Uh, yeah, I'm a Broadway baby, and I always have been. Um, and I currently have, as a Broadway producer, we have three and a half shows on Broadway. So Moulin Rouge and Jagged Little Pill, interestingly, um, both closed last night due to COVID, but our show company happily stayed open last night. And in the spring, we'll have Funny Girl on Broadway as well. So during the pandemic, the hiatus, as we like to call it, we had lots of free time to think about how can we expand the Broadway brand? Because in effect, we lost a year and a half of our theater people finding us. You know, I found theater when I was a kid and I was like, oh, 
they're freaks, but they're my kind of freaks. And the kids in the world have had a year and a half not being able to do that. So we think that the the way that people can find Broadway when maybe there isn't a Broadway or we're between shows or we're COVIDizing is by finding those teens and tweens and 20s that are mad crazy about digital collectibles. So I've always worked in the theater. I was a very mediocre actor. And then I did voiceovers for a long time for TV and radio. And then my friends that I had done summer stock with in the 80s and 90s started writing shows and said, Sue, you should produce them because you're bossy. True. Um, And always looking in the Broadway space for a way to let people in. So for YPO, we're the resources for YPO Youth on Broadway, and we bring them, we delight in bringing them backstage, on stage, acting, singing, dancing. During the pandemic, we were able to do fun things like bring in dance captains from Broadway shows to teach kids numbers from the show that the kids were in Jakarta, the kids were in South Africa. And that's when I really saw there's a huge market beyond our little world on Broadway, and even having to show up at a theater that we can expose the Broadway magic and theater magic to the world. So today, even though most of my job is working as a Broadway producer, I think there's a way that we can bring Broadway up to speed since our actors are not able to greet um, patrons at the stage door. They're not able to take Instagram photos with them. NFTs, I think, which we'll talk about a little bit more, is a way for us to really connect in, in a safe way to keep our actors protected and our shows still up and running and to get people to know about our world. So, Sue, I'm going to, you know, as a, as a Broadway producer and, and director and everything else that you've, you've done over the years, where do you feel Broadway is today in terms of kind of a, a goal? Is it in a golden age or is it kind of in a more of a slump right now coming out of the pandemic in, in terms of audience numbers and, and just interest overall? We're in both. It's a great question, Jay. We're in a golden age because we had this beautiful reckoning over the last year and a half of what is worthy of being put on stage and what stories we need to tell moving forward. So you'll notice the first shows that came back to Broadway were really courageous shows, shows that you wouldn't normally see on Broadway. Passover, Dana H., Is This a Room?, smaller stories, political stories. Um, those are have been rare in the past. And on the other hand, we're dealing with a huge reckoning because we don't, we're trying to be as safe as we possibly can. We are making everyone come in masked up, vaccines, and everybody's compliant because they're dying to get back to a place where we all tell stories in the dark. Um, But we are, uh, as an industry, we are taking a huge battering. It is very difficult to produce a show on Broadway when you don't know. You know, last night, Moulin Rouge, our audience was, they were in their seats. They were in their seats. And we got a last minute COVID positive in the company. And you just, you can't, you just can't do it. So everybody went home. So it had sort of this feeling of, you know, March 13th again, which was so crazy. So we, we, we are, um, we're taking a big gamble right now, continuing to do our shows and our actors, I think are really the ones who are suffering the, the most. And I, 
I, I think our actors deserve everything. They're the hardest working people in show business. And, and, and listen, as uh, someone who grew up around Broadway and, and has been in the in, in and around theater for my entire life as well, um, these are these are incredibly talented actors and actresses. I mean, this is this is no there's no scripts that they're reading. There's no replays. They're doing this live. Um, and so I, I think there's a little bit of you know mystique and aura uh, around what you guys do. So. Now, now let's go ahead and pivot to, you know, the solution um, that you guys have come up with. And, and so define, you know, where MuseWorks came from. Who, who was the, the first one that pitched that, you know, came up with the idea and pitched it to you guys? No, I think what happened was Ron, who's just cutting edge in every way, came, as he mentioned, he came to me and said, you know, I really believe the nonprofit space can benefit from NFTs and you're big on Broadway and you're very involved at Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS. Will you introduce me to any of the nonprofits? And and at, I think at the very first meeting with a nonprofit, we sort of looked at each other and we were like, wow, we are neglecting the giant possibility that is commercial theater, not just on Broadway, but everywhere in the world. And that was when it was a big, a huge aha moment. So then I got on the horn speaking to all of my colleagues in the industry. And the funny thing is there were quite a few lead producers who said, oh, yes, yeah, so I'd love to talk to you about this. What is NFT? So I, I understand, you know, I know as an industry on Broadway, we're 20 years behind everyone else because we have to get new butts in the same seats every night. So there's not really room for scale. And this was suddenly an opportunity for scale and for us to catch up with what the real world outside of Broadway is doing. How, just as a, as a quick note, if you have this off the top of your head, how many uh, people in 2019, let's go back to pre-pandemic, what was your average uh, or what was the, the total number of theater goers on Broadway um, in the last good year? We, well, so we, we go by um, which theaters are actually full. So we were operating at over 80% capacity in the theaters when they had shows. So that's literally millions of people per year. We are a huge part of New York City's tourism. Um, it's not just theaters. Uh, it's also the surrounding theaters, uh, the surrounding restaurants and all the industry. It was kind of an amazing thing in the middle of 2019 that you could walk around Times Square and see no one. I had never seen that in my mm -hmm. life. So we, we have we generate roughly 11 billion per year. That's our industry, which to some people might seem small, but it's pretty hefty for New York City, I think. Um, and we're glad to be back and we're glad the restaurants are opening and we're going to keep pressing forward. But we also want to press forward in a safe way, which brings us to the magic of the Internet. Indeed. Good. Well, let's go. So, so what is MuseWorks and, and how are you going to bring this content to, to your community, which again, the Broadway community is millions of people strong. Yeah, I'll jump in there, Jay. And, and yeah, as, as Sue said, like this is such an important moment and it's such a great opportunity, right? Well, so MuseWorks at our core, MuseWorks is fundamentally about connecting creators and the theater community in this new digital economy in a way that everybody wins. Right at its most basic level, it's an NFT marketplace. We're going to create digital collectibles, NFTs, and ultimately, NFTs is more than collectibles, but is utility for fans and for creators. Uh, we'll go move into that stage. But imagine a marketplace that celebrates the passion and excitement of live theater, but also monetizes its scarcity. I mean, that's what NFTs have done. As everyone knows, NFTs created scarcity out of the ubiquity of digital. We have this extraordinary scarce asset in live theater. It's geographically scarce. It's temporally scarce. And also, when you go see a show, at the end of it, you have your memory, 
your warm and wonderful memories, but that's it. You can't watch the highlights on ESPN, right? And so the ability to take that and create something that allows the fans who've just had this extraordinary experience to be able to live it again, or the fans that weren't able to get to Broadway or West End or whatever regional theater or touring company, and to be able to have that connection and experience and to create a connection with their fan, with the, with the art that they love. That's what we're about. So we are going to be uh, minting, creating, minting, designing NFTs. We are building a marketplace where those NFTs will be bought, sold, traded, showcased, celebrated. And we are working with the producers to, through the power of smart contracts, to ensure that the proceeds of this are actually shared equitably. You know, as, as Sue said, the actors, the crew, writers, directors, I mean, these Right now, there's the old saying goes, right? You, you can't make a living in theater, but you can make a killing, right? That's that's a function of an old school, not even web two, but I mean pre-web economic model, where the cost of production is so high that the risk is borne by a few, and therefore the rewards are reaped by a very small few. Web three can change that. Creators can monetize their asset Without having to do extra work, we can actually create an entirely parallel revenue stream here that allows creators to get paid. And it, is, it truly is that creator economy powered by Web3. That's Newsworks. That's what we're about. And, and that's a fabulous so intro to that project. So here's my question is define the community that you that you you will be selling into because the the value of nfts is only a, as good as the community that that ha, that sees that and so you guys have a, a challenge because i would be willing to venture that most of the people that um are avid nft collectors today probably there's a very few that are overlapping into into broadway uh enthusiasts at this time so so talk to me about how you're going to educate the space and and make sure that that your community um, can can understand this and can really um, take advantage of, yeah. of you the know, project you're putting together. Jay, we always use as an example that you go to see a Broadway show and there's a merch table, the table where you can buy T-shirts and knickknacks, whatever's like thematic for the show. And then what we imagine is that surrounding the merch table is a code that the grandma is buying the t-shirt and the poster and granddaughter or grandson is just getting the code and buying the nft at the same moment and i I believe that the younger audiences the audiences that are going to see lion king mrs doubtfire six those are the ones who are going to educate the uh senior members of the industry and i think it'll make broadway cool and relevant to an industry to uh, a population that hasn't had the opportunity to be exposed to it yet. That's exactly right, Jay. I think, look, that there is a long tradition of attending a show, as Sue said, and then buying an asset to remind you of it. We're building off, that's why we start with collectibles, because it is the most advanced yet accessible. It's the Maya principle, right? It immediately is associative with it. Imagine, as Sue said, at the table, you've got that, but also for those people who aren't at the show, the ability to have a marketplace where you can just see the things that you love from your shows. We're talking about everything from, you know, we're going to take a classic collectibles approach. So you'll have common collectibles, of which there are many more and they're lower price, all the way to ultra rare legendary, of which there are fewer and they're more expensive. 
The common might be digital representations of iconic uh, elements of the show, the Elphaba's hat, the microphone from Ain't Too Proud, right? The, the, all of the things that you immediately associate with the show, all the way to scenes, right? The, the, the key moments where the, you have the actors and the audio and the song in that moment that you can actually own, then to the most legendary behind the scenes, those things that you've never known before. What happens in the dressing room? What were some of the rehearsals like? And ultimately that, we had mentioned before, we want to move to utility, the ability to unlock experiences at the theater itself. So you collect the full set, because we're going to gamify this for our audiences, of course, encourage them to buy more, encourage them to become more engaged. And when they do, you unlock a QR code that gives you extra access, that gives you something special. Um, that, I think, is some of the real power of this. And sure, there's going to be some education, um, but the basic concept of a collectible that allows me to remember, remember or memorialize this experience I've had, I think that's something people will get pretty quickly. That's fabulous. So we're really early stage with this right now. You guys, uh, have, you, have you written a line of code yet, or where, where are we at in the process? We have. Uh, we have our tech team up and running. Uh, it's actually a really fascinating team. It's a cross-section of systems integration, security first driven uh, project management to web two development. And of course, the back end, the web three side of this. So we are uh, actively building out both the marketplace. We're evaluating the chains uh, that we're going to actually ultimately build on. You know, our priority here is going to be making sure that we have something that is super easy to use, uh, obviously efficient from a gas standpoint, can handle the complexity of our smart contracts. We're going to be dealing with, in some cases, upwards of 70 rights holders on a given contract for whom the resources are going to have to, the proceeds are going to be distributed. So that's has some complexity. And then, of course, environmental sustainability. Uh, that's going to, it matters greatly to this community as it should to everybody and making sure that we're on a chain that, you know, has the right kind of sustainability profile. And finally, portability. Um, our pathway here uh, may ultimately involve ending up creating our own protocol, one that is designed to handle complex multiple rights. And if we do end up down that road, porting out what we do in this MVP stage to that is going to be critically important. So we are, we're moving fast. The tech team's underway. Our creative team is built and already starting to go. Sue and Larry and, and our other partner, Sue, uh, are driving. I mean, we're meeting with every Broadway producer. We're meeting with actors. We're meeting with people in the industry to, to get some excitement moving. And there's huge, huge excitement. So well, good. Let's, uh, let, let's dive right into that. So, so tell me about some of the early stories as you presented this concept to some of the actors and, and, and producers and other directors. What, what's, their, what's been the early feedback? So right now we have 32 shows on Broadway out of a possible 42 theaters. And the producers that we're speaking to who are in Broadway shows, on the one hand, are like, this sounds really great. Listen, I just need to make sure my show can run right now. But let me tell you about the shows I have in development. So we, we are on that same path as well. We have um, the option for burlesque, the stage musical loosely based on the film. We are about two and a half years away from that show being on Broadway, Jay. So we are excited to build an audience. No, it's very rare that someone can be in the room where all where the donuts are getting made, right? Until poof, it's a Broadway show and it's magical. But now, thanks to NFTs, we'll be able to mint first draft of the script. 
And if you purchase the first draft, then that also gives you the second draft and the third draft if there is one. When we have an early reading, when there's a first draft of a song or the first costume fitting, these are things that we're going to be able to capture and share. Whereas even many people in the industry don't have the opportunity because the creatives want to be in the room alone doing the magic, making the work happen. So the shows that we're most excited about right now are the ones that don't have audiences that the public doesn't know about, that we can garner an audience and start to create momentum long before we're on Broadway. Now, the shows that are already on Broadway will just have to deal with rights issues by adding in NFT contracts or um, addenda, but we have that already for the 11 shows that I have under option right now, and we're getting it together for shows moving forward. So just as the populace becomes more familiar with NFTs, we'll start to see that as new shows begin to open on Broadway. So you guys have talked a little bit about, you know, clearly Broadway has some of the best content, uh, and, and not just the actors and actresses, but the videographers and the photographers that, that surround that community is, is some of the best in the world. When you talk about the collectibles, um, define copyright. What's your, what's your thoughts around there? Will they actually own the copyright to these images or are they just art collectibles that they can trade amongst themselves? Yeah, the IP will always be owned and held by the IP holder, the original IP holder. So the buyer, it, it's like a, it's just like the current NFT art collectibles right now. You're buying the copy, you'll buy this one of X number of run. IP rights are so important in this industry. Um, you know that that's critically important. We're, as Sue said, we're working diligently with the various IP holders because, of course, in, in a Broadway show, a Broadway musical, there are so many. Uh, nuances to, the, to those, those contracts and just being able to make sure that everyone's rights are looked after and everyone, again, everyone benefits from the proceeds. That's very much part of the principle of this. And, and the speed, you know, of which smart contracts allows for the payouts is, is something that I think that most of the people that are watching this that are in and around theater may not understand. Um, so without me trying to, to guess through it, can you talk, can one of you guys talk through what a current um, contract would look like if you were selling t-shirts uh, in the theater store, what that would look like to get down uh, the process would get down to the actors. How would that look today versus what Newsworks will be able to do for them in the future? Oh, well, the short answer to that question, Jay, is the actors get paid a salary and that's it. Um, they don't benefit from merch. They don't benefit unless there was a new contract that came out sort of with the advent of Hamilton that the actors were part of the creative process and they get a very small royalty, which I think is hugely exciting because I'm a member of Actors' Equity and I started out in this business as a proud actor and always wondered why we didn't, if, if there were such spoils, why we weren't able to participate in them as well. I always think both in business and in art, if there's enough to go around, you should share it. So as of now, the model is um, the, the actors get they, their pay for play on Broadway. And what we'd like to move to is a residual scale, kind of like the way film, TV and commercials do. And NFTs can provide that structure. Fabulous. And so, you know, it, in the same sense, now that you're talking about sharing and through the power of smart contracts, They'll, that show will end, and theoretically, if people have been buying the merch as they're walking out the door, buying the, the NFTs, they'll, by the time they get home, that smart contracts have executed, and, and they, have, you know, they have new funds. We will actually, with our shows, set up the crypto wallets for all of the rights holders of the cast, crew, writers, directors, 
theater owners, producers, investors, uh, right across the base at the beginning of it. So yeah, the moment the transaction's executed, based on the speed of the chain, whether it's a $25 or a $200 NFT or however many, and by the way, not just to the point of primary sale, well, the secondary market for NFTs is 5X the size of the primary market. So that the sale off of that, those NFTs from that show at that time will continue to pay to that cast in perpetuity, years down the road as they continue to be resold if and for whatever reason they do, which by the way, is one of the super exciting parts about this because not only does that benefit that cast in that moment, but it also means that you can drop different series of NFTs for the same show as that show continues to evolve, as the cast changes, as it goes into a national tour, as it goes from city to city. So it's not just one set of NFTs for one show and you're done. This is recurring revenue because you're still getting new fans in new towns with new casts each and every year. That's what becomes really exciting about this. That's fabulous. That's fabulous. So um, let's talk about what's next. So where's your roadmap over the next, you know, uh, through 2022, which is coming up here just in a few days, honestly. Um, you know, what, what's your rollout look like and, and how aggressive are you guys going to get to accomplish some of these plans? Yeah, so however aggressive you imagine, times 10. Um, we're, <laughs> that's kind of where we're going. So our roadmap for the next, call it 18 months or so. Um, we are in our MVP seat, MVP stage right now. So between now and basically the end of Q2 of 2022, we are building the platform, signing content, creating the NFTs, building our community. And we will launch uh, end of Q1, beginning of Q2 of 2022 with the fully functional, so the core functional marketplace. It may not have every feature. We will ultimately want to be able to have a recommendation engine built into this. So if you loved this show, you you would love to see this one as well. I want to expose more people to different dynamics of that. Some of the extra features may not be fully there, but we will have a fully operable e-commerce platform. And by the way, to your question earlier about how do we get people you know, to understand this, this has got to be seamless for my dad, who's 81 years old. Okay, This is a credit card swipe. Um, this is, you don't need a crypto wallet. We'll build, think more NBA top shot than OpenSea. Okay. Um, in terms of the, in terms of the core e-commerce e experience. And so launch end of Q1, Q2, we plan to go to series A by the end of Q2. Uh, and that's to enable scale. So we're going to launch, the plan is to launch with several Broadway shows, some shows from West End, some off Broadway, possibly some regional theaters. So we have a great cross section of content. My old marketing advertising background, a lot of A-B testing, what works, what kind of content, what kind of messaging, how do we really engage that community in the most effective way? Use that proof of concept from this stage, from this MVP stage. So by the end of Q2, we have a proven model with an economic system that works. Go to the unions, make sure that we address all of the rights transparently and get them to sign on because this is the best bet to transform the economics of live theater so that everyone benefits. And through Series A at that stage, drive scale beyond Broadway nationally and internationally while we explore the opportunity to build our protocol, which takes us through 2022. After that, gosh, it depends how fully formed the metaverse is. You could imagine sometime off in the future actually putting shows up on in the metaverse. 
right? That's it. Kind of goes that far. You can imagine buying NFTs that serve as digital skins in your metaverse universe, in whatever metaverse you're a part of. So that's a much longer tail. Uh, but for right now, MVP to scale is where we are today. Well, I, I'd like to personally welcome Broadway to Web three. Um, it's fabulous that you guys are bringing them in and, uh, you know, truly couldn't, couldn't be a nicer group of people and one of the best communities really on the planet. Uh, and, and thrilled to hear that again, across the board, you guys are understand the technology, uh, you're, you're pushing the technology and, and you have hopes for how that's going to not just change the actors and actresses, uh, lives, but also how they're, they're following can truly interact with them more than just through tweets, more than just through through random snippets, but actually have that intimate experience um, uh, available by by using the utility of an NFT to come into into a physical location uh, and be recognized for that. And that's huge and that's massive. And I think that that's a, a fabulous uh, key point that, that too many don't understand when you're looking at a lot of the uh, AI generated uh, cartoon um, garbage. That, that unfortunately is, is prevalent right now in that industry. So you guys are bringing real people, real real assets, and, and real value uh, to Web3. And so I, I applaud you guys, and I'm, I'm super excited to see how this all goes. So are we. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, Jay. Thank you so much for the time. Uh, thanks to YPO and the Y Whales for, for listening in. We're, we're really excited about this. Stay tuned. It's going to be an exciting ride. YWales was founded in 2021 by Jay Steinbeck, a passionate entrepreneur and business owner with the purpose of bringing YPO and YNG members together in the cryptoverse. YWales is a collaborative and confidential community centered around cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology, an exclusive crypto hub of more than 600 members. To be notified when we release new content, please subscribe to our show in your preferred listening app. For more information, visit www.ywhales.com. YWhales is not affiliated with YPO, but at this time only allow for YPO, YPO Gold, and YNG members due to privacy and confidentiality. Support and production for today's episode was done by TruthWork Media. Nothing in the podcast constitutes professional and or financial advice, nor does any information on the podcast constitute a comprehensive or complete statement of the matters discussed or the law relating thereto.